August 3rd, 2023. Let's talk this morning about lighting Shabbat candles as a guest. And I refer to as a guest in a hotel, as a guest in someone else's home, as a guest in your parents' home, if you're a man or a woman who's coming back to visit for a meal on Shabbat, which is very prevalent, it's a very normal situation, you're not sleeping in the house per se, or even if you are sleeping in the house, what's the halacha in these circumstances with regards to candle lighting? And in order to address that issue and each one of those circumstances together and independently, you need to take one or two steps backward, and that is to analyze and understand what is the nature of this mitzvah hadlakat nerot on Shabbat. Now, historically, it should be noted very briefly, Hadlakat Neirot was a hot-button issue in Am Yisrael for many generations. Because in the Torah, in Shemot Perek the Pasuk says, Lo esh bechol biyom ha-shabbat. It's forbidden to kindle a fire in your homes on the entirety of Shabbat. And as a result, the Karaites and uh, those who interpreted the Torah in a literal sense I said, you're not allowed to have a lit fire in your home on Shabbat. That would extend to any and every lit fire in your home, even if it was lit beforehand. The Perushim, our Masoret, the Torah Shabbat Peh, the oral tradition as we have it, interpreted it differently. You're not allowed to kindle it and begin it on Shabbat, but if you had a pre-existing flame, which is just lit beforehand, not only is it permitted, but it transformed and emerged as a mitzvah, as an absolute necessity. So there's a real history to this. Harambam, in articulating this mitzvah, really gives two vantage points, both of which are drawn from the Gemara, as most of his statements are, um, with regards to the nature of this mitzvah. In source number one, Harambam's Mishneh Torah, Perikei of Hilchot Shabbat, Halacha Aleph. So let's read a little bit of the words of Harambam and then arrive at the critical point for our purposes, but briefly noting the other points that he makes. Hadlakat ner b'shabbat ena reshut imrasa madlik v'imrasa eno madlik. Says Harambam, beginning this halacha, and you'll kind of understand already why he prefaces it like this. He says, you should know, Nerot Shabbat is not optional. It's not something that if you want to do, you can perform. Alternatively, you don't need to. And it's not the type and nature of a mitzvah that you don't need to purposefully and mindfully make certain that you fulfill like netilat yadayim for food, like our eruve haserot, which if you're not in that context, you don't need to do it. Ela hova. Very clearly, Haram Bam states, mitzvat nerot Shabbat or a mitzvah. Ve'had anashim, ve'had anashim hayavin lihiyot bebatehen nerdaluk b'Shabbat. And both men and women need to have in their homes, this is a loaded statement, a lit flame on Shabbat. Now let's for a moment uh, think about, or maybe not a lit flame, and lit ner. First and foremost, he stated, it's both men and women. Now, uh, generally speaking, people are familiar with the fact that the matriarchs, the mothers of the home light, in the Ashkenazic world, maybe in the Chabad world specifically, all girls light. There was a campaign of the Rebbe some years ago that all girls light. Svaradim are not always so excited about that for several reasons, but not all Ashkenazim in general are keen on fulfilling that. What does but that mean why? All girls as opposed to what? Even single girls who are living in their parents' home are lighting candles, not married like per se in their own homes. Similar in that respect. Even. That's how they'll do it. Um, but Harambam is not stating that per se. But he is stating that it's both for men and women. Why are the women the only ones who perform this? Harambam goes on to suggest later on it's because women, generally speaking, the obligations of the household are upon them. And this is, falls under that. 
Shulchan Aruch, in fact, quotes that reason. One of the Nosei Kelim to Shulchan Aruch, cited in Mishnah Berurah as well, suggests that it has something to do with the original sin of Hava, that she extinguished in some way Nero Shel Olam, and in turn it's her responsibility to light it. Either way you slice it, however, the significant part for us is if a man, if a husband is separated from his wife, if a young man is separated from his family, he's single, they have an obligation of lighting candles um, wherever they may be. So if a, the batehen means wherever you dwell in places, which means to say if you're traveling on business and you're away for Shabbat, it's your responsibility to light Nerot Shabbat, even if your wife is doing it at home. If you're a single boy who's studying in yeshiva, in university, or whatever it may be, it's your responsibility as well. Uh, we'll come back to that in a bit, but that's uh, already important to note. Afilo enlo mayochal um, says Harambam, even if you have nothing to eat, as you're impoverished to that extent, you should be asking for Sedaka in order to apply a Nerot Shabbat. Shabbat. Importantly, Harambam explains the purpose for this mitzvah is Oneg Shabbat. Now, that word is in contrast or in conjunction with source number two. In source number two, Harambam is going to mention Perek Lamed of Hilchot Shabbat the words Kabod Shabbat. And we really know these words from the Mizmor from uh, Sefer Yeshaya that we say on Shabbat. Vekarata la Shabbat Oneg and Vechibadeto me'azot irachechem so havsecha vedaber dabar. Oneg and Kabod. What's the difference between Oneg and Kabod of Shabbat? First and foremost, it should be noted, these are not biblical. They're from Sefer Yeshaya and the words of Harambam. They're from Divre Nevi'im. They are the words which are prophetically uh, commanded, but it's not a command on the biblical Torah level. What's the difference between the two? From Gaon Mivilna, but many others copy this interpretation. Kabod is what you do pre- prepare for Shabbat, before Shabbat. Oneg is what's done on Shabbat. Kabod is putting on fancy clothing, leading up, showering beforehand, preparing the candles before Shabbat. Oneg is the wearing the clothing on Shabbat, is eating that food on Shabbat, is maybe resting on Shabbat, is studying Torah on Shabbat, is having the candle lit on Shabbat. But the lighting is done before. The lighting, the ma'aseh hadlaka, is kabod. The fact that it's nidlak on Shabbat is the oneg. It's what we call a mitzvah hamitmashechet. It's a mitzvah which continues, and as a result, the suggestion in reading Harambam and the Gemara's, it has a dual nature uh, to it. Uh, that's that's uh, important uh, and significant already with regards to the nature of this mitzvah. Harambam concludes um, with important words, but before we get to those important words, I just want to draw attention again to one more thing that he said. And when he described how men and women are obligated, his words were, they're hayav, that there should be a ner daluk b'shabbat. There should be a lit candle on Shabbat. He doesn't say per se that you need to light the candle. That's right. And as a result, Magen Abraham in his commentary to Shohan Aruch here, and we'll see it in Siman Resh Samech Gimal, if I'm not mistaken, Sa'if Katan Yod Aleph, Magen Abraham will suggest that maybe even if you had a non-Jew light those candles for you, so to speak, potentially even today, if you had it automatically set up in some way or fashion, you might fulfill it. We're not suggesting that you do so per se. Uh, Something along those lines, potentially. Or leave it alone. Um, so that, that's an interesting, or at the very least, you fulfill it. It's important to note because it's uh, mentioned and, and it comes up in a conversation we're going to have later in the class as a mahlok and a dispute between Harambam and Tosafot about whether the ma'aseh hadlaka, the actual act of lighting, 
is part and parcel of this mitzvah, or it just needs to be lit, and the act of lighting is what you get there. Now, the nosach of the beracha, which Harambam cites, is lehadlik ner shel Shabbat. Sounds like the action is part of it, but Harambam very clearly told us it's sheyihyeh ner daluk. There should be a lit candle in your home. It's all very important to note. It's based on a sugya and Shabbat and Tosafot, as we mentioned, disagrees. But we should be noting that already because as we get a little bit further in the class and we question, for whatever reason, whether electricity is sufficient for the Nerot Shabbat, a critical part of that conversation will be, do I need to be lighting it? If I need to be lighting it, then maybe the circuit, which is effectuated through me, is a little bit removed. It might not be considered Ma'asya Hadlaka, but Harambam and Shohan Aruch, who copies his words, are very clear in this respect that the Ma'asya Hadlaka, the act of lighting, is not the necessity. It's that it be lit. Okay, but we've, what we've established then is that source number one told us that Nerot Shabbat, or Onik Shabbat, it's the enjoyment or the pleasure on the day, and source number two told us it's kabot, it's the pre- preparation for the day. There are several other sources in the Gemara and Masechet Shabbat, between Daf Kafbet and Daf Kafdal, and several sources along these lines, um, that there's another nature, not contradicting either one of these, but something else in terms of understanding this mitzvah, and that is that it's purpose to bring what the Gemara refers to as, and Shohan Aruch in turn, in source number three, in Siman Resh Samech Gimel as well does so, Shalom Bayit. What's Shalom Bayit? Well, literally means peace in the household. What does it mean to have peace in the household through the candles which are lit? Quite simply, as Rashi interprets in the Gemara, you can't see anything without a lit candle, and in turn, you won't have peace. You'll be tripping over one another. Uh, You won't be able to appropriately have dialogue if you can't see what's going on in the room. You might in turn question, what about in today's day and age? If the purpose is, that underscores this, is Shalom Bayit, so then why do we need it any longer if we have electricity? A very proper question. It's debated by the Aharonim the last several decades. As a matter of fact, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein struggling with this question suggested that the purpose of Nerot Shabbat in today's day and age is because there might be an electric blackout, right. and in turn, it'll be a necessity to have it. But just, a few days, just a few days ago, it's true, but maybe have, uh, it's internal. It's internal, it's not the same thing. Uh, just a few days ago, I mentioned this, and I smirked as I said, I said, you know, he's struggling with it. And someone said, did you know that last night, that was Friday night in Allenhurst, there was a blackout? Oh, fantastic. Wow. I said it was almost like Rabbi Moshe Feinstein from the heavens <laughs> caused it. That's right. Uh, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Orbach and others suggest this is a tactic. Like many other takanot, we've mentioned on other occasions, hazaratashats might not might not fulfill the same purpose that it initially had. The beracha after the amidah on Friday night, we've mentioned beracha hatmein sheva, similar as well. Not per se relevant in the contours and context that we live our lives within today. Nonetheless, we continue doing it to the extent that we'll continue doing with the beracha. Does that mean I shouldn't search for a meaning? It doesn't per se. We should search for a meaning, but it means we're not going to lose the takana per se because its initial nature was lost. However, it should be noted at the same time that these first two sources really lend to that because Harambam, as we mentioned from the Gemara, says that beyond Shalom Bayit, there's Kabod and there's Onik. Everybody appreciates a meal when you're in a restaurant, if you appreciate meals in restaurants, where there are candles lit at the table. There's something, everyone appreciates it if you're looking for a candlelit dinner in your home. There's something to the stature and the status and the aura which is created through that, which means to say, even if Shalom Bayit was once interpreted, I'm speaking out, 
as now I can see in today's day and age it might be, but now I have a a, disti- a, 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 a refined meal in front of me. And just parenthetically, the Gemara does mention how um, Rabbi Avau, if I'm not mistaken, was walking past uh, a carpenter's uh, shop and he saw that the carpenter was very scrupulous, very careful to fulfill the mitzvah of Nerot Shabbat. And he said, you're going to have, or he's going to have, Banim Talmidei Hakamim, and indeed, Rav Dimi Bar Avin and Rav Hiya Bar Avin uh, came from this carpenter who was very scrupulous in his uh, mitzvah of Nerot Shabbat. Uh, that's a nice segula, uh, it appears to be. I always wonder... Along those lines, but I, 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 that's his statement. His statement is something about this, maybe for the Shalom. I, I always understood it not per se as a segula or a fulfillment of a pasuk. It's more if we're understanding what Nerot Shabbat are supposed to be for the home, it's about building an appropriate home. It's about having a home where there's light, where there's something refined, where there's a Shabbat aura. As a result, you're going to have children who are brought up in such an atmosphere. It's no wonder that indeed that was fulfilled. Okay, with regards to that matter, I think we've introduced this uh, this topic. In source number three, we have the words of Shohan Aruch and Siman Resh Samech Gimal. I once heard Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef say that it's Siman Resh Samech Gimal may have been... Just, just like that, but you can always remember it because as we prefaced, the Karaites were fighting against this mitzvah of Nerot uh, Shabbat, and, and, and Rabbeinu Sa'ad Yagon was one of the fierce opponents of the Karaites, so Resh Samech Kimal, Rashi Tevot, Rabbeinu Sa'ad Yagon. Let's quickly read some of it and draw forth the points that we need most for the discussion that we're going to have. Yehezahir la'asot ner yafeh. Says Shulchan Aruch, be careful, make certain that you do this in the right fashion. Prepare the candle appropriately, make certain that it'll be lit and prepared in the right way. Many people have a custom to have two wicks. Two wicks two ke- candles. Two wicks he says petilot, he says petilot. I don't know per se, but he says petilot. Certainly the custom is two candles. One for the description of Torah and Parashat Yitro, Tzachorot Yom HaShabbat Lekadesho. And the second for Shamor, as it's described just this past week in Parashat Vayet Hanan, Shamoret Yom HaShabbat Lekadesho. The positive and negative, as the rabbis see in Masech Berachot and Davkaf, uh, aspects of Shabbat. Echad ha'anashim, echad anashim hayavim lihiyot b'batehem ner daluk b'shabbat. Those are the words of Harambam, as we mentioned, are significant, and he continues with the words of Harambam on that as well. Halacha gimal, how the women are involved more, and the purpose being shalom bayit, matters that we mentioned as well. The next, halacha he gets to a critical first point that I want to address together with you. It says, uh, And he cites the Beracha, which we know, Both men and women would be obligated to make that Beracha if they're lighting. There is a question. It's not our issue per se now. We had a full class and even a half a class on when the Beracha is to be said, if it's before the lighting or if it's after the lighting. And in truth, that's a mahlok, potentially between Rama and Shulchan Aruch. It's a longer and important conversation in for another time, as we've had in the past. But most specifically, as we get uh, uh, further in these halachot, I want to uh, draw forth halacha vav and halacha het. Halacha vav. Bahurim halchim lilmod chutz lebetam. That's our case that I mentioned earlier. You're a guest. You're outside of your home. Sirchim ladlikner Shabbat bechedram levarich alav. It's necessary. It's an obligation to light a candle in your room and to make a blessing on it. Aval mishu etel ishto 
If you're sleeping in a different room than your wife, it's not a necessity that each one of the rooms have a beracha. Because your wife is making the beracha for you. Cheder, as it's interpreted by the Mefarshim, is not per se a bayit, but it's a place which is yours for that Shabbat. And as a result, no, no, where you're sleeping. And as a result, when we get into that conversation, which we can begin to a certain extent now, of visiting someone's home, uh, when we get to halacha het, we're going to understand it's far from simple for a svaradi, at the very least, to be lighting together with the baal habayit or baalat habayit in the same place. As a result, what's my other option? I need to be lighting, but you just told me, and we're going to understand why in a moment, I shouldn't be lighting in the same place where someone else is lighting. Well, then what can, what should I do? Halacha is based on halacha vav. You go, if you have your own room, and you light in your own room. Okay, we'll have to address what if you're in a hotel and you're not allowed to light in your own room. But you already understand that's the first angle over here. It's that if you're not lighting at the place of achilav, eating because of whatever reason precluding you from doing so, then you should be doing in your place, which is your place. What's your place? Assuming, if you're, you're, I'm, I'm assuming you're sleeping there. No, if you're visiting your parents, you're not paying for it, but they gave you that room. It's not about ownership per se. It's about rights for all intents and purposes. They can't and shouldn't be walking into that room is the way we generally translate it. But that being the case, as I mentioned, there's an issue, and this is a not so well-known issue. Hakam Vadya Yosef draws attention to it in his Chazon Ovadya, the following type of situation, which we can and will right away apply to our homes as well, when there's guests, but he says if you're in a hotel and there's a table where everyone's lighting Nerot Shabbat, don't do so. And if you do so, don't make a beracha. Why not? What's wrong? Everybody's doing it. What if there's two or three quote-unquote house owners? In other words, they all have rights to this room. I'm in a hotel. And they're eating in the same place. There is an opinion which maintains that there's something called tosefet or, or tosefet ora. The more light you add, the more berachot you make. Fantastic. According to that opinion, what I just mentioned is not so. In the hotel, go ahead and light the candles and make a beracha. Believe it or not, means to stutter, which is exactly what I did on that word. Right? There are those who are uncertain about this. They stutter. They're, they're, not, uh, they're not convinced. Bet Yosef quotes us from Teshubah Ashkenazit of all places. When since it's a safek berachot, only one person should make the beracha in such a circumstance. Now again, what's the logic over here? It's what's called tosefet ora. Adding to the light is insufficient to make the beracha. You need to be crafting, bringing forth the light. Of course, you should immediately have a question pointing to the lights in the ceiling. What do we do if we're lighting in our home? My wife, my sister, my mother is lighting in the home. I'm only adding. Well, it's the first issue we're going to address as we make our way really to our issue of Shabbat candles as a guest, because that's already an issue that's at stake. Says Rama Aval Anu en Nohagim Kim. Rama says. You could, you could be Yotse Hadakat Shabbat with electricity. I'm not up to that per se, but I do know if there is or, it is or, I'm Tosefet Ora, even if I couldn't per se fulfill it, I might still make a Berachalavatala if I have the lights on. Says Rama Aval Anu en Nohagim Kim. Says Rama, we don't have such a custom, in other words, that. 
that table in the hotels or visiting in your parents' home is a lot easier for Ashkenazim because the simple reading of Ramah, although there's different reads of this, is that if you're visiting in your mother's home or your parents' home or your mother-in-law's home and they're lighting candles and you're sleeping in your home, well then what's the issue per se that you add it to the candles? You add it to Sef and Torah and you enjoy it. Enjoyed the first statement or the second statement? As I said, this, the, the, the general understanding is it's on the Nachon Lizaheh that you shouldn't be. Um, you know, the question is, what is he suggesting in turn? But we assume, uh, for our purposes, he's okay with Tosef Torah. Okay. But that being the case, again, the first issue I then want to deal with is uh, our particular issue, and that is, um, well, if you have electricity already on, this is just a general question, then we'll make it more specific to our circumstance, you have electricity already on, how is it, well, perhaps it's a problem, that I'm in turn making a, a beracha on it. But before that, what if you're lighting in different corners of the home, but then you go into the courtyard to eat your meal? You need to make certain that the candles light through the time that when you return, you benefit from them. Why is that going to be relevant for us? Because if you're not sleeping in the in-laws or parents' home, and you're rather coming home to your home afterwards, and there's no candles lit, but you did light them there initially... That could and would be a problem, because you didn't get onik from them. Right, you may have gotten Friday some night kabot. in the winter where you light and you go and to your in-laws or your parents for three, four, five hours because it's a long night. Precisely. Yeah. Alternatively, in my hotel room, I lit in my hotel room, went down, had a great time with everyone, came back up. Initially I got initially kabod. If I hung right. out there or my wife hung out there for some right. period, you are correct. What is Generally period? speaking, uh, half an hour, let's say, there's an enjoyment from it and she's using it. We generally don't suggest this because the assumption is that it's not going to happen that way, number one. And number two, in a hotel, it's probably illegal to do so. Um, and number three, in a home, the lighting, what's going to happen when the wife leaves the home? Even if her husband went to shul already, if the wife is home and she's nervous about leaving the candles lit, which might be the case, if she's not, it's different, uh, well then, how are they going to go out? There's, there's issues with regards to this. It's for that reason we're going to have a different suggestion under these circumstances with regards to what to do. Okay, that being the case, let's uh, move forward with regards to these matters and try to understand halakha ma'aseh, um, with regards to uh, much of the issues that we uh, addressed and want to address. If you take a look at source number five for a moment, um, oh, before number five, source number four, Hacham Ovadia Yosef in his Hazon Ovadia in Hilchot Shabbat in Chilik Aleph on page Resh Tetvav makes the following claim. He says that if there is a electrical light on in the rooms, He says, Me'od, it's very worthy and praiseworthy and right to turn off the electrical lights before. And that doesn't mean that you can't turn them back on afterwards. You have in mind that I'm not accepting Shabbat, your wife does if she's doing it, and I light the candles. This way I got the initial lighting in a place where there wasn't, and then I flipped on the light afterwards without a beracha. There would be no problem with that. Again, I lit with a beracha. So I wasn't adding to the light initially because the electricity was closed. Correct. Now, of course, there's a specific situation where this will be almost impossible to uh, do. What is it? Trivia question? Here's the trivia question. Okay, that's pretty good. Ricky says in public area, you can't turn off the lights in the room per se. Mm, Easier, even in private area, not easier, in a situation where it's Yom Tov, Shabbat, you can't turn off the lights beforehand. 
So what the poskim do say, if you're very scrupulous and careful about this, is if you have a timer, you get them on the timer off during that time period. Okay, not exactly the most easy thing to do. The words of Chacham Vadei Yosef, interestingly, are ra'ui me'od. It's very praiseworthy. He doesn't say it's berachalavat if you do otherwise, which is a little bit interesting, because in the words in Shulchan Aruch, he said, stay away from this, it's safek berachot, maybe a berachalavat and as a result, most recently in this book called Piske Shabbat, it's a contemporary rabbi, he published this book, if I'm not mistaken, this past year, and uh, he very much uh, was medakdek in the words of Hacham Vadya Yosef and dealt with them at great length, questioning, why does he only say ra'ui me'od? And he compares his words elsewhere, and he compares the words of his son, Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef and Rabbi David Yosef, ultimately speaking, sending a letter, apparently, to his son, Hacham David Yosef, and asking him, why did your father, why did you, in turn, write in your book, in Halakha Birra, that it's only praiseworthy to turn off the, the lights beforehand, before li- lighting your candles? Uh, shouldn't it be absolutely obligatory? To which Chacham David Yosef wrote back in source number five, indeed, it should be obligatory, but nobody seems to follow this. It's almost impossible to do on Yom Tov. We therefore, when there's a minhag, advise very cautiously and carefully instead of saying it's asur to do otherwise. He actually adds, as does his brother Rabbi Tzach Yosef elsewhere, at the very least in a public class, that my mother never turned off the lights, he says about his the Rabbanit of Hacham Vadya Yosef, and my father never corrected her. Mm-hmm. Now, this author of this book happens to question maybe Hacham Vadya Yosef changed his opinion after the death of his wife, and that's the But regardless of how you slice and understand this, there, that is the statement. There is an important passage in the book, uh, in a book, I think it's called Zichron Eliyahu by Rabbi Eliyahu Mani, and Hacham Vadya Yosef addresses this um, in context, where it seems as if his words quite clearly are you can light without turning off the, the, the electricity before him. question is whether that's accepted and how to deal with that. But again, in terms of halakha ma'aseh, as we begin the conversation, it's praiseworthy. It might even be very advisable that you or your wife make certain that the lights are off. As Ricky mentioned, if you're in a public area and that's not a possibility, then it's not a possibility. Shabbat Hanukkah, you're lighting Shabbat Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Hanukkah first, you have the light, uh, and then you're lighting Shabbat mm, candles, you're yeah. getting to the... Yeah. Light. Yeah, but you're not doing it right next to it. You shouldn't. Right. You should ideally window, not be doing it right next table. to it for that sort of reason. Okay. Well, that being the case, the next issue that I'd like to address then again, so to make that clear, you should have the lights off. If you can't, we're okay. We have several angles why we're okay. First and foremost, it was a safek in shohan aruch. But uh, beyond that, just in terms of the halacha and the minhag on this matter, it isn't per se always the followed one, but it should be. You should ideally turn off the lights before. Um, before candle lighting. The issue now that I'd specifically like to address as we led up to it and really addressed all the coordinates that we'll need to use and hit in order to uh, really uh, um, uh, articulating the direction on this is in that sort of situation, either A, I'm in the hotel and I can't light candles in my room and the only way to light downstairs is at a table where everyone else is lighting that. If I was the first one there, Bajanin, make certain that you're the first one there. If you're the first one there though, before Pele coming high, you're in trouble because from Pele coming high, Shohan Aruch says if you light candles, you can't do melacha. So you don't want to be that early. Okay, but if you got first, you're fantastic. But if you can't be first. So for a long time, what I did was, when I was with my wife, we would go on seminars and things of that sort, is we would light on the table that we were going to eat at. 
And I thought that was very clever. It's not as clever as I thought for several reasons. First of all, sometimes we come back and they were gone. It didn't help us all that money. We went to pray afterwards and someone moved them afterwards. Secondly, keep in mind that we were lenient with regards to the electricity. So the electric lights being on. So is that per se the ideal approach? So in turn, what I, what I uh, both in hotels as well as uh, the, the girl, the young woman or older woman who's visiting or at her parents' or in-laws' home, what I would suggest instead is the following, and we're going to de de deliberate and understand exactly how we get here, but the halakha would be as follows, is before leaving her home, she lights on an electric uh, um, light. Now, if she can light on, uh, um, what's it called, wax or um, oil, and she's not, certain, she's not nervous, A, about the dangers, or maybe someone else is in the home, or B, she's certain, you're certain that it's going to be still lit when you come home and you'll be able to benefit from it, that nobody would disagree is ideal. Um, alternatively, however, when we're dealing with one of those not matching or that not being the case, instead, lighting with an electric light, and we'll have to define how and why we got here, is the ideal with a beracha. That means to say the beracha, vladlik shel shabbat, and then flicking on the light, irrespective of where that light's going on. But that should be the light that's lit. It could be the bathroom, because that's a very necessary light if it's adjacent to the room where you're sleeping. It could be a night light. We'll have to address does this apply to only incandescent bulbs, or would this even apply to fluorescent bulbs and LED bulbs? For a long time, what I was suggesting was that only on incandescent bulbs, which I'm understanding are almost illegal, at the very least not found any longer, I said only on those do you make a beracha, but not on LED or fluorescent bulbs. I was finding out that people were listening to me on half, they were doing it on the bulb, but they were making a beracha, because how could you not make a beracha on hadlakat nero? It in turn forced me to look into this more, to try to understand what is or what are the angles that are appropriate. But to mention before we get into that, but I made clear what the halakha is, and we'll, we'll deliver and, and understand it appropriately, if you are staying in a room in that home, it would be no different. If you're able to light a candle in the room and when you finish the meal, go and enjoy that, that's fantastic. If the candle, either there's a fear it'll, it's too dangerous, or alternatively, just as valid, it's going to burn out before you get there, do it on an electrical light, but do it with a beracha. Now, let's try to develop this and understand this. Go so, ahead. Uh, a clarification on that. You light from the, the light switch before going to your parents or in-laws or something like that. Correct. You come back, you benefit from the light a little bit. Let's just say... Of course, I mean, as much right. as... Yes. Let's just say for argument. Let's say you, you turned on the dining room light and, I don't know, you, you read, you played a game. Great, you go to sleep, wake up in the morning, um, and that light is off. No problem. Candles go out as well. Is there a time period that it should be on or must be on? Or let's say you know the timer you at 11 p.m. You just want to have an enjoyment from it on Shabbat. At any point. Yes. So you need it to be oftentimes on. Oftentimes in hotels or hospitals or something, the light the next day, if you leave the room, you come back, housekeeping no came and they no shut problem. that light. No problem. It doesn't need to be on all of Shabbat. It's not yours. If, someone, a little if, bit if the wind Friday came night. by and blew it out, if someone put it out, you're okay as well. Yeah. Yeah. Great question, though. Um, it, you see, the question is specifically um, um, made more difficult with regards to using this electricity because if we think about other halakhot, for example, someone mentioned halakhat nerot hanukkah, or even havdalah, it's far from simple that electricity works in those circumstances. Nerot hanukkah, there's a discussion. We have a different class on this. Rabbi Yosef Masas, as a matter of fact, or Mesas, actually maintains that Nerot Hanukkah can be electric, maybe even ideal in some respect. Chamvadya Yosef mentions
many of the contemporary poskim disagreed for one reason or another. It's most specifically, it should be similar to the way we did it in the Mikdash, which was, in some way or another, with a flame in the traditional sense. That's the vision and understanding of there. Habdalah, although there were many gedolim, Rab Chaim Grudzinski among them, who used to, as per tradition, make Habdalah on electricity to make a point. Electricity is Asur on Shabbat. This is Labdil ben Kodesh Lechol. This is what was not permitted. We generally assume, for one reason or another, we as well, I believe, have a class on this, that it shouldn't be done ideally on electricity. What about on Nerot Hanukkah? I just told you to do it. I didn't say it's the ideal situation, but I said you're a guest, and I'm telling you to make it with the Beracha even. What would the argument and angle be with regards to that? Let's for a moment step backward and think about when we stood backwards last time. We talked about the reasons for Nerot Shabbat. What were the reasons? Kabot Shabbat, Onik Shabbat, Kabot, uh, Shalom Bayit. Each of those have nothing to do per se with a lit candle. We do call it Hadlakad Nerot. We'll have to address that. But it has nothing to do per se with a flame. It has to do with light. Not only does it have to do with light, it doesn't even have to do per se with what's said from Harambam and Shulchan Aruch with me lighting it. It has to be lit. So even though it's an electrical current, maybe I'm not lighting it, well, we're not certain that that's the necessity over here. It sounds like... Indeed, yeah, but yeah. it's the same words of Harambam where he tells you <laughs> daluk, and then he says the beracha. So as a result, as long as there is a maaseh, an action, even if it's somewhat indirect, the argument will be that it's sufficient. Now this issue has been addressed, had been addressed before we dealt with LED and fluorescence and things of that sort, and with the historical electricity in sources six and seven. Some of the gedoleha acharonim in the Ashkenazi world, sheilot shubot beit itzhak, sheilot shubot levush mordechai, debated this matter. Sheilot shubot beit itzhak as a major source with regards to electricity in general, argues that electric, electricity can be used for Nerot Shel Shabbat. His argument is, in the middle of source number six, He says, He says, you need something connected to another thing, which is generating a light, which is the case over here. He's distinguishing in this statement potentially between uh, um, jewels or gems or rocks which will somehow give off light. Over there, you're not really dealing with a mechanism of Any some type sort. Of light in, so, so solar panel lights. Again, case, he's not you know, dealing per se with such a reality, so he doesn't get into yeah. the nitty-gritty. We'll have to, over the course of this class, try to understand the digital light and LED light, solar power by extension. And Shelot Tishbot Levush Mordechai, in fact, that's Rabbi Mordechai Winkler, uh, he, he claims against this. He says, no, he says it needs to be something which is in, in a, uh, a scientific fashion through a certain, I don't know if combustion is the right word, but through a, a, a process of burning something, the light is brought forth. It's generated through some process of sorts. In other words, the oil or the, um, or the wax is bringing forth through that wick the ability for this to be uh, to, for this to be lit, that's, and only that's the situation where it would be appropriate. If alternatively, he says, I'm dealing with a circumstance such as electricity, he says it's not the same sort of fashion where something's getting extinguished by means of bringing forth this light. How's he determining that's yeah. the decision, that's the way to do it? His reasoning really seems to be the sourcing in the Mishnayot. The sourcing in the Mishnayot is historical candles. So he's kind of tapping into right. in a narrow lens, what was the takana of the rabbis? The rabbis was uh, light. What because sort of light? Because they only mentioned it that way. He kind of is touching on the point as well. 
No, earlier. I think early 1900s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Maybe a bit later. Maybe it's in the 40s. I I think it's a Kadmon in terms of our last generation. Um, But you see, what he's kind of touching on in in conversation now with you, Ricky, is the fact that in his mind, Hadlakat Nerot is not per se a ner, and we'll have to define what that word means. It's more an ish. It needs to be a fire. Mm. We never saw those words mentioned other than we know that's what nerot were. But that's his assumption. Chacham Ovadia Yosef in source number eight, in his Yahavedat Haleke and Siman Kaftalit, as well as in several other places, argues against this, as does Chacham Ben Siona Bashaul in source number nine, or Lision Halek Bet in Perek Yod Het. They both argue that the word Ner, and from sourcing, from a good amount of sourcing, each of them uh, deduces this. The word Ner doesn't per se mean a candle in the way you and I imagine it. As a matter of fact, Chacham Ben Siona Bashaul, quoting from several places, says the word Ner, we even learned this in Masech Betzah, Ner is the receptacle of where things would go. So you're really talking about the item which holds that which will be generating the light. It's hard then to argue that lehadlik ner shel Shabbat is a reference in turn to uh, not electricity but a historical uh, candle flame in that respect. He says it's a ner. A ner is something that holds the light. Yeah, he wouldn't hold the same by Hanukkah. Right. By Nerot Hanukkah, there's a different argument, not per, not from this angle. It's that it needs to be based on Aran and Masechet Shabbat and elsewhere. It needs to be Damya, it needs to be like in the Mikdash. For example, we say, Who said, why are you not allowed to benefit from the Nerot of Hanukkah and you are from Shabbat? Same way the Menorah had Nisur of Hishtamshut, of Me'ilah, if you benefited from it. So too, we understand the Nerot Hanukkah were modeled after that. That's one of the major angles with regards to distinguishing. Yonah Bashal, however, does make a claim, as does Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach, as quoted in several places, that maybe it should be battery-generated as opposed to electricity-generated. Why would you argue that way? His argument is that when you turn on a flame, when you turn up a flip, uh, flip up a switch for electricity, what's happening is that at every second there's more power being sent into it. So it's true, the initial stage you kind of effectuated, but everything that happens afterwards is being effectuated from the electric plants where that energy is being streamed through as opposed to the batteries kind of in your hands you're not dependent upon the other one you know the kind of the way you would test this out is can you have a blackout on a battery or can you have a blackout on electricity you could have it on electricity because the line went down and the line was your constant stream of course you could distinguish and you could have questions now the oil again i set forth the oil the oil is the battery over here I'm being dependent upon something else shooting that energy in. Someone else can cut that off. The oil can't cut itself off. It's a natural thing. The battery, to a certain extent in this respect, is similar. That's the argument of Ham Ben Siona Bashaul and Rav Shlomo Zaman Armach. They very much advise, if not necessitate, battery-lit um, candles. There is, as a matter of fact, Tzomet, which is this organization in Alon Shvut in Israel, who look to alleviate difficulties on Shabbat, not loopholes for the regular circumstance, but for the extenuating situations. They have special Nerot Shabbat, which are battery lit, among many other things, in order to deal with many of the issues that the poskim raise. Is it a necessity? Uh, someone just t- showed me a day or two ago that on Amazon there are battery lit ones. The battery lit ones from Amazon are LED. The ones from Tzomet, it's almost as if I'm trying to sell them. I don't even know how to buy them. Um, but full disclosure, my uncle did work there for a period of time, but hasn't for several decades. From Tzomet were incandescent, um, which would make it even better, as we mentioned briefly before. Is there before anyone it. that would say that it's worse? 
Or everyone agrees that's battery? Better. Battery is better. Battery is better than electricity. If you have the choice clear. of two, you should do that's battery. Assuming it illuminates as much as yeah. as a switch, which usually isn't the case with those yeah. little tiny candles. Um, I don't know that. I mean, you're saying you'll have a hidur if it's lit up more. Right. That's if you turn the light switch, the but keep in mind the hidur is, is one thing, and then am I actually lighting is another thing. Right. So that would be the the counter. You might have hidur, but it's a hidur of nothing. He right, would maybe right. argue. Right. Yeah, there is a in, before we deal with a response to there is another claim of uh, one of the he makes the claim that Nerot Shabbat should be and he has to be clever in the way he deduces this but his suggestion is needs to be Nikar when I walk into your home I need to be able to say oh those are the candles for Shabbat Keep in mind, Shalom Bayit is not the only purpose. Kavod and Onig are a big part of it. Maybe it needs to be distinguished. Maybe it needs to be like the Tzomed, like the Amazon ones, where it's actual candles, like the one we can't, like the ones we light. And as a result, just flicking on a light isn't sufficient. There is such a claim, a Hidur as well. Maybe that could be a Hidur. As a matter of fact, you can fix, you know, I'm making this one up as we're talking, but if you have a lamp in your room, you could put a little sign that says Lichvot Shabbat or something. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the way you would deal with that. Shabbos lamp. That's right. This is a new business. That's what he argues. Not accepted by all, but certainly what I'm mentioning it in context as a hidur. In other words, as something right. ideal. Because and the point really is made. Kavod and onig might be something. Now, if I usually don't light the lamp, that might be sufficient in and of itself. Because mm, right. we know in our room we don't usually light that lamp. But how do you re- right? How do we respond to or, or do we respond to the Cham Ben Sion claim that it should be specifically battery? Cham David Yosef in source number ten. It's in the back of his book, Halakha Berurah. He has She'elot to Shabbat Osrot Yosef. It's in Chilak Tet Vav. It's at the very end of the book in Siman Vav. He tells about how La'achrona arachti bikur b'tachanat ha'koch b'chadera. He visited one of the major electrical plants in Israel in a place called Hadera. And he looked into what's happening over there. And his understanding was that even if the plant shuts down, the electrical current per se is not immediately turned off. Which means to say it's not as much in the hands of others and the electrical plant and the electricity coming through the lines as was imagined by Cham Benzion, or as perhaps was once the reality. That's his claim. His claim is Huvrarli on the second line. She bizmanenu sherob batea haroshet ubatea mishara gedolim skurim b'shabbat kodesh. He says where many of the places, uh, the factories and other places of sort are closed on Shabbat. V'titzrochot ha-hashma b'shabbat yoredet me'od le'umat she'ar yomot ha-shavua me'mela ena po'alim tzrichim la'asot b'chorega pe'ula hadasha shel adaka v'azrat sramat ha-hashma. His understanding is... Entirely closed and entirely closed a plant of any electricity. But I imagine what they're doing. Right. I imagine what they're end up doing is everyone has a generator. His argument over here is that since on Shabbat so many people are not in their factories, this is his understanding, and don't need as much energy and as much electricity, there's much less electricity, you know, that needs to be generated on Shabbat Uh, by the plant. And in turn, you're not really dependent in the same way. It's closer to, at least in his eyes, uh, to the to the battery of sorts. Um, it says, a few lines from the They on Shabbat don't need to do any action. automatically 
או בפעולת אותו שהדליק את החשמל, מילא פעולת הדקה בבית, שפיר חשיבה, פעולה שנמשכה החשמל, אך ורק מחמתה במשך השבת. His claim is that your action is more direct than we may be imagined in Chambention, to the extent that he's comfortable, as are many of the poskim, using electricity as your source for lighting candles. He continues, however, and he says, however, there are other types of, can- of electric lights. He says, well, we maybe we're talking about our traditional incandescent lights. Now, what's the difference between an incandescent light, without getting into the specifics, because unfortunately I can't give you too specific, but an incandescent light has within it a hot wire. Um, as opposed to a, um, a fluorescent light, might have an, a hot wire in what it's called the starter, as I understand it, but then follows through with gases in order to, to light up the whole, the whole bulb. So it's not per se that this hot wire is what's continuing that light to be lit up. It might be the beginning part. So whereas when I have an incandescent bulb, it's a lot more what we describe in the post scheme as ish. You lit something, you brought forth something hot, you heated up something and gave that light in turn. When it comes to a fluorescent bulb, it's not the same thing. Maybe in the initial, st- initial stage you did, but it didn't continue in that respect. The continued light is because of the gases inside of the bulb. With an LED light, there might not even be that starter. Generally speaking, there won't be that starter. And as a result, you don't even have an initial ish. You don't even have at all a uh, hot wire. Chacham David Yosef, therefore, and again, as I mentioned, this was historically my understanding of the halacha, therefore cautions that, although in the circumstances that we described, very much appropriate and praiseworthy that a person light candles, he in fact, he or elsewhere, I saw that in She'elot Tushibot Rivivot Ephraim, he cites from, that's Rabbi Ephraim Greenblatt, he cites from Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, I think Rabbi Greenblatt was present and saw Rabbi Kamenetsky do something of this sort when he was staying in a hotel. It certainly became the practice of my family, without seeing that Tishuba, I think, is that we light with a biracha in the room with, uh, with electricity, and then my wife will go down or will go down to the public room and she'll light candles. There's no problem lighting, she just won't make the biracha. When she lights the candles in the traditional sense, she has in mind that the biracha she said earlier was for that and for mm-hmm. This. In other words, there's uh, all sorts of... she's not making um, no Shabbat when she does the electricity in the room. Correct, which is not necessary. And in turn, before we even get into the LED, I'm mentioning it again. I've spliced the class throughout, purposefully coming back to this point. Fine-tuning the, uh, the couple who's staying uh, at, for a meal at the parents' home, lighting at home, ideally, with an electric light... If the wife then arrives at the parents' home before Shabbat and her mother has already, or her mother-in-law has already lit, she should light as well without a beracha. She lit already at home with a beracha on the electrical light, but there's no reason for her not to do it in the traditional sense over there. Does she need to, per se? No. There's also no reason, I'm not understanding, what is the reason for the second lighting other than to feel good that you lit a traditional lighting? A traditional lighting, number one. And number two, you did add to an enjoyment and a benefit at this meal, which according to some post scheme is sufficient and according to some would in turn be ideal because you want to do it where I'm eating ideally. Uh, the, the issue specifically is that um, it's Tosefet Torah, someone else lit already. But according to some post scheme, it's okay to do so. So we're fulfilling all opinions by doing so. In addition to, like you said, feeling good about it, you right? Do the, on the first one. Chacham David permit LED on Yom Tov? Chacham David using it on Yom Tov. 
It's an interesting question. The answer is no. He would maintain it's an Isum that a banan, and that's the way the poskim generally speak about this, of molidesh. That's their understanding of it. There's no holada with regards to a, a hot wire. Their understanding of that light coming forth is the holadatish. Yesh makom liton and ladun, but that's the way the poskim do go on this matter. But fundamentally, his pesach then is that if you were in such a circumstance, and again, this is what I had advised in the past, the wife or whoever it is with light at home, with a with not a candle, but an electric light, they don't have access to an incandescent bulb without a beracha. They could light in the parents' home without a beracha as well, but they're not making beracha at all. What I was was explained to me, and again, I still understand that angle, and maybe makom safik berachot. It's even the ideal angle, but. What was explained to me, and I understand it very well as well, is that a, a bride watching her mother or her mother-in-law over the course of their life lighting candles becomes imbued with a certain feeling of the sanctity of Shabbat and their connectedness to it. Through that, hadakat nerot, without saying a beracha, it almost feels as if they're deficient. It, feelings, emotions are not a reason to change halacha, but they are a reason to take into consideration if there's another angle, strong position, or maybe there's a almili smoke in order to even make the beracha. And indeed, in my opinion, there is. In many places, not the least of them, source number 11, Sheilot Teshubot Shevut Yitzhak, Helek Chet and Peregimal. Shevut Yitzhak is written by a Sephardic rabbi, Rabbi Yitzhak Darzi. He quotes from Rabbi Yashiv, an Ashkenazic Gadol HaPoskim, who said that if we think about the reason and rationale for Hadlakat Nerot, Kavod Shabbat, Onik Shabbat, Shalom Bayit, there's no mention in any of those of Esh. It's nothing to do with a fire. And as a result, there's no reason to distinguish between LED, fluorescent, or incandescent, all are sufficient. We mentioned it as a theoretical. He very much is serious about that. He takes the points that we've made so seriously to the extent that he says you can and should make it even with a berachah. Does he say that's like deal in your home under regular circumstances? Not per se. In Yalkut Yosef, the current Rishon Lesion, Chacham Yitzhak Yosef, in the new version, Yalkut Yosef, on Hilchot Shabbat, that's Helek Aleph, the second edition of, or the second book of Helek Aleph on page Tafshin Kafhe, he makes the following claim. He says, when it comes to fluorescent lights, you can make it with a beracha. Why fluorescents are included? Because as we mentioned a moment ago, you have the hot wire in the initial stage of lighting on a fluorescent light. And he says, unlike his brother Chacham David Yosef, that's sufficient. The initial spark and heating is sufficient, even though the continued flame, so to speak, is not there. That's what he writes in Yakut Yosef, most recently published in Hashi'ud HaShavu'i, that's a transcription, and I'm sure you can watch it online, of his Moza'e Shabbat Shi'urim in Chilekeh on page Kof Gimal. He made very clear Clear that the fluorescent Pesach Halacha in his mind is applicable to LED as well, which means that both Rav Yashif and Chacham Yitzhak Yosef, in addition to many others, are comfortable stating al pi halacha that the lighting of electrical lights is sufficient for hadakat uh, nerot with a beracha, and not only as we had suggested in the past, incandescent bulbs, but even as well LED lights. And fluorescent lights, what's the argument? What's the angle one more time? If Hadlakat Nerot of Shabbat is not like that of Havdalah. Havdalah is because, the Gemara tells us, Adam Harishon discovered fire on Motzei Shabbat. You need fire. 
הדלקת נרות על חנוכה, דומיה נצמצמות על מקדש, אני אנדרסטנד את זה. הדלקת נרות על שבת, so that I have light in the home. Do you have light in the home? If I do have light in the home, that's sufficient. Then how come a, a stone, a rock, and a, a, a ruby wouldn't would be sufficient? That nobody would refer to as light. People would say it's a rock which gives off light. LED is known as an LED light. An incandescent bulb, certainly. A fluorescent bulb is as well. A light, that's the way even Rabbi Yashif will state as he says, you go by Lashon B'nei Adam, Mishtamshim B'Lashon Hadlaka. We call it lighting, Gama Alma Orzeh, even on an LED light as well. It means to say, to very quickly summarize what we addressed, yeah, solar panel, he would assume, okay. as well, explicitly even digital lights are the words are, are the words of the post scheme at the end. Which means to say, Halakha L'Maaseh, just to summarize very briefly, first and foremost, without getting into theory that get, got into this, first and foremost, ideal. Maybe even necessary, if possible, on all circumstances. Maybe on Yom Tov it won't be to turn off the lights before lighting Shabbat candles. Any week one. when you're eating at on home. On any week when you're eating at home in a regular circumstance. If I'm staying in the hotel, I'm staying at my parents' home. If I'm able to light with candles in my room, if I'm able to be the first one person and only person to light, alternatively the only person to light at the table, so do it like that. If if that's not the case, I have Tosefet Torah issue, so then I should light in my room. If it's illegal slash dangerous slash will go out before I get there to light candles in your room, don't light candles in your room. What you should you do instead? Light an electric uh, uh, light. Uh, can I With make a berachan? Can I make a berachan the electric light? All poskim, not all, we saw, Shelot Teshuvot, Levush Mordechai, the truth is Rav Kook in his uh, Mishpat Reiyah as well, and several others argued against electric lights in general, but we understood the vast majority of poskim say electric lights are sufficient and, uh, and great for Hadlakat Nerot. That being the case, however, uh, many argued only incandescent bulbs. What we suggested over the course of this class is yesh makom gadol v'nirhav. There's a broad and wide space to be lenient to the extent that if you don't have an incandescent bulb, you could light even an LED bulb and even a fluorescent. In terms of preference then, to make it clear, it's an actual candle. Um, after that, an incandescent bulb. After that is, oh, that's true. Uh, that's battery right. ideal. Battery. Indeed, indeed. Cham David says there's no such humrah. I'm calling that a humrah right. more than a... Because, because, he saw the mitziut, because, because of the mitziut, he may have been dealing with an he old reality with regards to how electricity worked. Remember, Cham David says it right. works potentially differently candle, today. battery... Candle, electric, electric with a battery, electric without a battery, <laughs> incandescent, a fluorescent, because there is the starter which has it, and then even LED. And again, you can and should go in that order, but if the circumstance is such that all there is is an LED, for whatever reason, you're not able to get your hands, you can and should, in my mind, have place to be lenient to make a beracha, even on the LED light. Is it a nice idea? Is it a humrah, stringency, and an appropriate one that you lit over there and then made it to your parents' home or your in-laws' home before and then lit there as well after your mother-in-law lit? Absolutely, and that would be, in my mind, uh, an ideal circumstance. As I said, it's attested to the fact that Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky did so. And you should wait for your mother-in-law to light, or and, your mother to and light. And light because... with them or after them? Now the truth is, if you light at the exact same time, this was a point. It's like a Shomer Kaonet. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 Shomer Kaonet. The point that, that Charles Shehebar made, made to me recently was, if you light at the exact same moment, it's not Tosef Torah, it's, it's the exact 
same moment. I suppose so, but it's also EF Shalit Samtim. You're not going to do it at the exact same moment. So then you, will, then you I, 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 in theory, you could. I would not suggest. I would suggest the Ba'alat Habayit does so. If you don't have a room in that home, you can do so, but do it after. Because I, I see often there's sometimes that there are, you know, let's say the grandmother of the house will light and there are ants that will light next to them. Is that not appropriate? I, I, would, I would suggest against that. If they're lighting in the same room without a Beracha. And what if they didn't light It's a light mistake that many people make. Let's say they Same thing. So then they can light, but without a beracha. So they can't light really with the beracha should. at the place Does, that doesn't they're fix it. The fact that they made a mistake at home, unfortunately, doesn't fix it. And you were the yeshiva student. You, you, you oh, okay. I'm sorry I didn't come back to that. Let me briefly address that. As a yeshiva student, what we did was we would appoint one person to light in the lunchroom or in the dining room okay. for everyone. That was the but way we did it. Everybody had their own separate room. I understand, but we were all congregated in the same room for eating, and as a result, we, we all benefited from that one, and we did it as such. Could we have as well in our rooms with bathroom line? Maybe, but that's the way it's generally done in dormitories in that respect. In the case of a hotel room, or let's say by your in-laws or your parents, and there's no bathroom light, are you allowed to make the beracha and the light? How long do you have to leave the light on? Because But it, how are you going to get it off? That's a question. In other words, it's on. It's on for Shabbat. It's, uh, Are you that, saying could it be on and then you call housekeeping a half hour later? To, and, you, know. you, you can't have them turn it off. I mean, you can't can tell you them directly. I suppose so. if you got benefit from it on Shabbat. Again, we'd have to deal with the halachot of Amir al-Nukhri, but you, know, you kind of set yourself up for that situation. Really ideal to do it in the bathroom if you have that or to have a flashlight of some I, sort. I've, I've heard, I forgot where, that it might be inappropriate to use the bathroom light. Is there any basis to that? that... Not that I know of. I know all the post games specifically say the bathroom light. They say to do the bathroom light. They say because... not to specifically. Yeah, I understand because the fear is that you're making a beracha in a makom metunaf, but you're not per se. Yeah, you're making the beracha especially according to the way in our other class we developed Chacham Radia Yosef wants you to do it. You made the Beracha and then you entered in and put on the light. That's number one. Number two, bathrooms in general are not dirty to the extent that they once were. Not telling you to make a Beracha, but it's not dirty in that respect. To the best of my knowledge, the poskim advise the bathroom light. They say that's the one you're going to benefit from the most. The yeah. lamp, you might fall asleep before you use the lamp. The bathroom, everybody needs the bathroom light on. If it's adjacent to your sleeping place, even better, then you're really going to be using it under all circumstances. So okay. it does, there's no difference between if you're sleeping or eating for, for what we established. Ideally, as Rama writes in Sa'ifeh. Uh, regardless of if you're sleeping by your in-laws or not sleeping by your in-laws, you're, you're still flicking the switch on at home and then with, with the Beracha and then you're going there whether you're going to sleep. No, if you're sleeping at your in-laws, you're doing that at your room in your in-laws' house. That is your dwelling place for Shabbat. And if there's Safek, you're not sure where you're going to sleep? Uh, you should. You should. You should have a conversation. You lit at home, and then you go there, and it's snowing. Then or it's a ma- then it's a makom safik. I wouldn't have lit with a beracha to begin with. Okay. And if you did, I would make certain that you're going to that benefit you go back from. Home. Okay.